is not in the majority, but as some donations of prayed that way, apart of those, yeah, just canning people's faces. I thought everybody was from a Pentecostal setting, kind of, but I know there are some settings that operate that way, but they are not. They are not in the majority. Okay, I thought the questions were a few, but now more have come. So I throw more light on a minister in a local church whose gift and ministerial calling is not used in the local church. What will he or she do? God bless you, sir. Ask God to open doors for you if you believe you are to stay in that local church. You know why this kind of question is difficult to answer is I don't know who this person is. You know, I don't know if you are just a person. For instance, supposing you are the wife of the pastor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so will I ask you to leave the church? Pastor is, so I don't know who the person is from. The way it was written, I can't just take it that way and I, I don't know who you are in church. So if you're yeah, uh, a minister, because a pastor's wife could be the minister, you know, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, because I can't tell you to leave if that is so. Like I've said, there are times it may be necessary to leave an assembly. But find a way first to solve a problem let the first option not be to leave. The reason is you can find yourself in that situation also. Yeah, so do unto others as you want them to do unto you. That, that's, that's what the Bible teaches about love. So don't think the first option is to leave. Because supposing there's something you are to learn that they have seen in you that is blocking your way. Supposing there's a way you carry yourself that makes the person put you in a particular place. Supposing there's something you are to learn that you have not learned. It's why they are not allowing you to do what? I mean, I've known of people who they gave them charge over like five people, a small group on a choir, and what they were after was who would report to them and that kind of thing. Are you going to trust that kind of person with responsibility? Somebody who wants to, who wants to flex most with over five people. You know? Yeah, so the person has to learn something. So you put the person in a cooler first. So it's okay to talk. If you, you pray, first of all, ask God, you know, to open doors for you. And like we have said now, you can create opportunities for yourself by knowing that ministry is about human lives. It doesn't have to be inside that local church. You can minister to people at work. You can minister to people at home. You can minister to people in school. You know, all those things. And you are using your gift every way. That's, that's the truth. But as by local church, there's nothing wrong in volunteering your services to the pastor or whoever is the leader of your team to let the person know you are available if they need you for something. I don't think anybody will. Uh, so if your work with God is right, your gift will make a way for you as we have seen uh, eventually. The fundamental challenge of the 60s, 50s, and 40s generation is that for many of us, we gave our lives to Christ before many of our parents. So raising children intentionally is a huge task. A lot of parents actually assume their children are born again because they are born into homes where both parents are born again. How do we genuinely reach these children and raise them the way God will have us to? And then the things on the back are difficult to read because they are written on a dark place. I work in children's church, children who don't know what devotion is, and so on and so forth. Okay, so we've got the general drift. If we're talking about ourselves, how we are sure we raise intentional children, I would say there are two ways to teach. We instruct people and we show the example. So when we tell them, and the Bible says both, how that we should say it when we are at home, we should say it when we are working, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we should put it on the doorpost, we should so both formally and informally, 
we should share God with our children. But I imagine that every home of every Christian should have what is called family altar. Good old-fashioned family altar. If you have family altar, I think it is unwise for just one person to be taking it. Because there are homes that is just the father that takes family altar. The father every day or mother every day. No. In my own home, everybody takes it. We take it according to age. Father, mother, firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, you know, that way, when the children were home. After the abundance of the heart, the man speak it. So you will know what is inside the child by virtue of what the person says when it's the person's turn. Sometimes they're even too young, but you involve them anyway. And so you're able to correct them if they say something wrong. You're able to pass something across to them and so on and so forth. And everybody's called to pray. Also, when it's time for prayer, you know, prayer points. The Bible talks about, first of all, supplications, prayers, and giving of thanks you made for all men. So somebody is assigned that. Somebody is assigned prayer for Nigeria. So there's no way somebody raised in my home won't be praying for Nigeria because you know, every family altar, that takes place. And if somebody prays, and so, you know, by the time you involve them, you hear what they say when they are praying. You know what they say, you hear them, and so you, you, should, you can know whether they are born again or not. You can tell whether, and you should intentionally lead them to Christ anyway. And all that. So I don't think it should be a difficult thing. I think this may really be pertaining to somebody who's in children's ministry and seeing that homes that should have led their children to Christ, they are finding out that those children are not born again. Maybe that's the issue. But not if it's what we are to do. I think basically what we have said now uh, is what we are to do. Comment. It's good to have fellowship of units to retain new converts. But those expected to follow up should also be grounded in the world or be guided as well. Uh, correct. Of course, you should have a training session for them. Yeah, those who are going to train people, you have to train trainers first. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, that, that was assumed. It's good this person pointing it out in case it wasn't obvious that has to be done. Because if you are going to put people in charge of something, they have to know what they are going to do also. Yeah, so we, we have to train people. I mean, training is an ongoing thing in a, in a church. There should be training of um, people. So that, that's correct. Another comment, during evangelism, those involved should minister the word and not focus on come to my church. Uh, come to my church is not even evangelism. Yeah, that's come to my church. You are inviting people to church. Evangelism is, yeah, we are talking about people coming to Christ. You know, yeah. So that, that's important. When we go out of evangelism, we won't let people know the last thing is even church matter. It's about people giving their lives to Christ. There are even people who lead to Christ who you advise to go somewhere else because if somebody, if you're an English-speaking congregation primarily, and you lead somebody to Christ who speaks Yoruba, you should even encourage the person to go to a Yoruba-speaking church. Yeah, that, that's, that's the idea. So the primary thing is not uh, come to my church. That's, uh, you know, the, the later, later, by the way. But to follow somebody up properly also, if you can see the person closer, that's better. Because in any case, that person was going somewhere and the person wasn't born again before. Uh, so if the person can come to your church too, fine. But that's not the primary thing. The primary thing is for people to come to Christ. Is it right to compel your worker to attend your church? I take this worker to be that you have a business and the person is your staff. I assume that's what you mean by worker. Because if somebody is working in church, for instance... As an accountant of the church, I think it's wise the person attends that church, isn't it? <laughs> but if you mean worker in your own business, that's what you mean. No, you, you can't even compel an adult to do anything. So, you, you, you know, you can't compel. Okay, let, let me uh, say it this way. The church I pastor has a hospital, for instance. And uh, definitely we have staff who are not members of that church. But they have to be born again Christians. Yeah, they have to be born again Christians. Because some Muslims have tried to come to be nurses and uh, no, we didn't agree. It's a Christian hospital. 
So everybody should be a Christian. Everybody was born again. If you are not ready to be born again, then find work elsewhere. But we treat Muslims. We treat people who, who have issues, who have problems. We treat them. But to be a member of staff there. Because part of why people want to come there is they know there's a cover that they are enjoying. We all that. Yeah. So, but if it's work you are doing, business person, if you want to employ somebody who attends, and why not? You can employ somebody else. You know, so you can't compel someone. So, yeah, we have staff who are not, uh, but, but should my secretary now not be a member of that church? <laughs> Most times, churches or leaders of churches use older people to lead the youth church. I think we should identify the young persons who have the call of God on their lives in the church and use them to lead the youth church. Yeah, I don't want nobody's quarreling with your opinion. Yeah, you, you have an opinion. If you find yourself in that place, share your opinion. Yeah, it's not. Uh, the truth is, even youth people today will grow tomorrow. Youth of today, they will also grow with time, isn't it? They also will not be youth anymore forever. So, this person is just suggesting something to us that young people should be allowed to lead. And that has come out already and been made clear. It's just that they have to be supervised. Biological growth. I left a church where basically the church growth is mostly biological growth. And I keep feeling led to go and minister there. Like you said, you went back to the Baptist church years back to minister. It's a white garment church. Yeah. Did they invite you? <laughs> yeah, you know, because I don't understand the basis of your feeling led. That's what you mean. How? Will you go and say, I feel led to come and minister to you? Yeah, are you inviting yourself or did they invite you? But when I referred to Baptist Church, they invited me. Uh, I didn't invite myself on their neck. <laughs> so, so, I really, I mean, I, I don't know if I helped the person or the person will be able to say it, but you know, it's uh, everybody should not leave a place. It's good to know, like I said. Be sure God is leading you before you leave a place. It's a major thing. To leave a church is a major thing. It's something you shouldn't take a decision lightly. It's something you should do prayerfully. So if God leads you, and also ensure that there's no strife when you are leaving. Ensure there's no... But the Bible says, as much as light will be, live at peace with all men. Because sometimes you will do your best, and the other person wants to fight. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want you to go. Because of how valuable you are. But you on your own side, walk in love as best as you can. That's all. And there are some people you can only walk in love with them from a distance. Because every time you come to them, it's as though you are, you are making the wound fresh. So if somebody is going to be upset every time they see you, it's better to love them from a distance. Pray for them. Let, on your own side, let everything be clear and, and, and simple. But the truth is, people will come and go. People will leave church, whether we like it or not. Anything you like, do. Some people will leave. But on our own side as leaders, we shouldn't just take a decision lightly. That's what we're saying. We should pray about it. There are times, you know, not even there are times, the leader of a place sets a lead on it. That's why we are not happy about Nigeria right now. Because there's a lead. Because of who the leader is. And that's the truth. So, uh, sometimes, one has to leave a place. But just be sure that it's a decision taken prayerfully and there is no strife. Uh, did I answer the question of the person? Okay, but going back to minister. 
yeah if if they allow you if you maintain friendship and you deal with them well they may they may invite you to come yeah they may if they do fine but if they don't i don't know how you want to go and minister there if they don't invite you but maintaining a good relationship and not trying to behave like you know more than them is part of what you open the door and a lot of those churches now things have turned around seriously because some people didn't leave yeah, because I'm putting leave. Because those who didn't leave, and interestingly, it's from the youth that sort of things start. It's young people who we get born again, get baptized with the Holy Ghost, who we feel led to remain, who we turn things around. And eventually, they're able to keep other young people. And so that, that, that's a blessing. The, the, you know, CAC is a prayer church normally. CAC is known for prayer. The current president of CAC worldwide is such a man of the world. You can't believe it. Pastor Esu Oladile. If you hear that man, God is amazing. You know what God is doing in the body of Christ? Yeah, that's their current president now. He's, he's, he's so world person. You can't, you, you can't believe what I'm saying. That's the president of CC worldwide right now. Supposing he left. So the work he will do now, you can be sure of what the emphasis is going to be now. A young minister who believes God has called him to start up a church told his pastor about it, and the pastor told him it's not yet time. The young minister left the church to start up his own with the conviction that God told him to start and that he sensed that his pastor wants to keep him under him. Sir, please, what can you say about this? No, it's difficult for me because I don't know details. I need more details than this because when you said he has started now, you have not told us what happened after he started. Yeah. Has it worked or has it not worked? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's difficult to... You just told us a little part of the story. So we should not take the story in the middle. So that what I say now will be quoted as uh, thus said the Lord. And it won't be thus said the Lord. It will be based on partial knowledge. So I need more information, you know, to be able to address this kind of thing. But when the person said it's not time, we know sometimes flesh makes a leader to keep somebody who is gifted. But supposing it's because of wisdom and experience and maturity, which we talked about the older people, that the person was trying to guide the younger person because that person was full of imagination and passion and all of that, which has to be tempered to let you see that there are some other things that you can do because, yeah. So that's why I need more information. I, I don't have enough information with what you have written out to answer the question because this question is from your perspective. It's not necessarily the total picture. So, I don't know which is which. Whether the younger person wanted to run and the person was trying to slow him down or he wanted to cage him. But since that one went out now, what has happened? Has it worked or it didn't work? How do we handle the issues of insensitive leadership who will not listen to suggestion? E.g., during the COVID-19, the leader rejected outrightly suggestions to help the poor, widow, etc., rebuked those who gave such suggestions. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Can I say this? Even God listens to people. Because in the story of Micaiah, 1 Kings 22, God said, who will go and convince Ahab to go and fall in Ramoth Gilead? And different people gave suggestions. 
And then his spirit came and said, let me go. And God said, what will you do? He said, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And God said, okay, go. So even God listens to suggestion. <laughs> yeah. And do you know Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when he took over from his father, and Jeroboam led people to him, and they said, your father's time was difficult. The taxation was too heavy. Make things easy for you. He said, give me time. Come back after three days. When he went back, the Bible says he asked the older people who stood before his father. So Solomon, with all that wisdom, see her advisors. That supernatural wisdom that God gave Solomon. So you see, so anybody who doesn't listen to people is myopic and uh, will not be the best of himself because you can't possibly know everything. You can't possibly, and God has put people around you to help you. See, this is part of why people live sometimes a place. Because if somebody never listens to opinions of others and never accepts, and the people know that what they are telling you is correct, after a while, they will find that where they're going to use the thing that God has put in them. I'm not saying this person should leave. I'm saying now, maybe you should talk to the person a little. Not in a confrontational way. Sometimes it's how we handle things that are the issue. If you are saying it in the front of other people, like Paul, you know Paul behaved like that. You know Paul was a tough person. Paul said it openly. He confronted Peter openly. You know, it's in the Bible now, isn't it? Yeah, I confronted him openly that, uh, you know, you that you are a Jew. Why are you saying it's in the book of Galatians? Now, why are you saying Gentiles should so, 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 yeah. Because you didn't have to do it openly. You know, but you know, Paul was a hard guy. You didn't have to do it openly. So, you, you can go and see him alone, one-on-one. That a pastor, you know, it's nice that we do so, so, and so, and so. You see, and, they, and people have needs, so, so, and so. And let him explain himself to you. If it's not something you are doing openly, he may have been more receptive. But, see, I don't know the details, so I'm only saying my own. If you seem to be struggling to fulfill ministry, even though you know what it is, what do you do? If you seem to be struggling to fulfill ministry, even though you know what it is, what do you do? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's general, it's wide. Struggling in what area? Financially? With people? With what? What is the struggle? Let's assume it's financial. You have told us you know what to do. But is that God, is that what God has led you to do? Because you know what to do is what you have told us now. But are you in what God has asked you to do? The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. I'm, I'm surprised that the Bible doesn't even say anointing is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, wisdom is the principal thing. Sometimes it's a wisdom factor that causes a problem. Sometimes. Sometimes you are not supposed to be on your own. And you insist on being on your own. So that's why I said, you have not mentioned God factor here now. You know what to do. But is that what God wants done? Because if... More questions. Okay. Because if God asks you to do something, as we pointed out along the line, it might even first seem not to work. Because when God sent Moses out, it first was first difficult. It became more difficult. They told the people to increase the burden on them. And Moses came back to God and said, you have not delivered your people at all. But you know, eventually it happened. We pointed out Ezekiel how that God told him the people won't listen to him. And he said if he had sent him to foreigners, foreigners would have listened. Then why didn't God send him to foreigners? 
So we pointed out that day that results are not necessarily the yardstick to measure. Yeah. So that's why once you have a walk with God to know this is God or this is not God. Because if you are waiting to use results, sometimes results will not achieve what you are saying. Some people are good organizers. They are capable. They, are, they can handle things and there might be results based on that. And that's not necessarily God. So if you are struggling, why don't you seek pastoral counsel? So you see, we are back to what we said about itinerant ministry that the person should be part of a local church. Go to somebody and ask, these are the challenges I have, this is the issue, can you advise me? Yeah, because if you have already said, you know this is what to do. I have a problem with people who tell me God said when they come for advice. If you say God said, then that's the end. Then what are you asking for my advice for? I should advise you against what God said. Or I should, or I should make God don't say what he said. So if you want advice, you don't come and say, God said I should do so and so. So what do you say? Of course, uh, yes, Lord. <laughs> yeah, so be sure it's God's leading and not just your own idea. Because a good idea is not necessarily God's idea. And that is working for other people does not mean it will work for you. So let's be sure that it's God, first of all. So what is causing the struggle? In what area is the struggle? So that's when we know, is it a human factor that needs to be addressed? Or is it a persistence factor that if you will persist, eventually this is going to happen or that's going to happen? We remember in Genesis 26 how that uh, Isaac dug the same well his father dug before. There was Sitna, there was Esek, you know, there was trouble. For, eventually he got to Rehoboth. Yeah, sometimes you need to persist and before you see the results. So uh, that's why I don't have enough information to be able to help you, but it's good to seek counsel uh, when you find yourself in this kind of situation. Online question. If you left your church in strife and now you know it was wrong, what's one supposed to do about it? Repent, go back and apologize. Humble yourself under the mighty hands of God. In due season, he will lift you up. Yeah. If you know it's wrong, go back. Yeah, just go back and say, I'm sorry. That, that's it. Another one. Thank you. And this one is online as well. Does being creative welcome the idea of voluntary ministry to other ministries as an offering to minister for free with holy and humble concern? Hmm. Because being creative is being creative, isn't it? Yeah, what is put here now is not creativity to me. He's saying you are volunteering ministry to other ministries, offering to minister for free without holy, with holy and humble concern. This to me suggests you have put yourself in a place and you are looking at those people down. They are the ones who have something that you want to offer them. They haven't asked you. They have not told you that they need something that you have. So, this doesn't sound like somebody who is offering ministry from a humble position. I don't mean any harm. Yeah, because you know what Jesus said? When you get to a place, take the back seat, take the last position. So, when the person who imagines, ah, this is why you are sitting, Mr. Half, come, come to the front, come to the front, then you have respect for the people. Not that you get that you want to go to the front, because that's what this seems like now, that you, you are creative. That's, I don't see what is creative in this. 
additional creativity to go somewhere and to say, I, I want to come and minister. I want to come and bless you. Don't pay me. It doesn't even sound like ministry to me. <laughs> yeah, because ministry should not be about money. Let me say something practical here. When I was in the university, there was somebody who was in university about the same time. And uh, we knew just casually, not so much. I was in Kano, as I've said before, for a couple of years. And when I was in the bathroom, I started work. And then this person and I ran into each other. Apparently, it was a ministry. And uh, I can't remember whether we met at the TV station or something. We went to drop some things. At that time, I needed to go physically to drop stuff and all that. And we met, and uh, his attitude was, oh, we, we heard that uh, you've started church now. Let's come and shake the place. Come and bless the people. And something, something, something. I took a mental note that somebody that I would never invite. The person left town eventually because nothing happened. Yeah, because you don't go around with that kind of attitude. You're closing the door by yourself. And he started things, tried, and there seemed to be no result. Eventually, the person left town. Yeah, because to come and meet somebody who is trying, and then, and then you say, let's come and shake the place, bless your people, something, something, something like that. Yeah, I, I'm averse to that kind of thing personally. Yeah, if somebody comes to me that way, I'm not going to ever invite the person. I know I will never feel late. <laughs> <laughs> invite such a person, yeah. Because if you want to walk, you want to serve, you want to be part of work, fine. Yeah, but not that uh, you, you are coming to say, yeah, you want to sh show them what to teach them. How do you know what they know? How do you know what to... Yeah, so I hope the person who asked the question uh, will take it that, uh, nicely because I don't mean... Unfortunately, I don't know you, you don't know me. So I'm just telling you the honest truth. Yeah, just the honest truth. I'm sure there will be time for... There are other servants of God here who can flesh these things up, I'm saying, in case they don't agree with me. I hope you know they don't have to agree with me. But I'm trying as much as possible to use scripture to answer the questions so that we see that it's not just my head. Another online question. How do we handle the young people who tried to divide the church with strange doctrine of once saved, always saved, regardless of what you do? We, we teach the word. That's what we do. We teach the word. We teach the word. Jesus Christ was in a place, his place, incidentally, where he was his hometown, and uh, he was amazed at their unbelief. And he went about teaching. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, when he encountered unbelief, it's God's word that he made to settle it. Since we know what the Bible says, we emphasize the Bible. So we teach the word. That's what we do. That's how we handle it. Because if it's Christianity, then it's Bible. Bible is the syllabus. Once we teach the word, that's, that's the end of the matter. The word. So, our time is supposed to be up. Do we have any... Uh, uh, 10 moments. Okay, yeah. No, 10 moments. Yeah, you have a question? or Okay. So, now we are, to, we are back to live questions. Thank you, sir, for being a blessing. Thank you. Things. What? Sorry. Two things. Why not uh, start with one? Okay. <laughs> one. One thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So the first one is, that, uh, okay. I am the person involved in this. I, I, when I delegate um, responsibilities, uh, there's a way I want it done. So several times I found myself when people are doing the work, there's a way I want 
them done and they don't do it that way. So I'm very quick to take it off them and do it. And sometimes they try to do it. For example, let me give you a, a hypothetical. No, don't. Example. We already understand you. So, so I don't take when it you, So when you, if I ask you to cross a T and the bar is not straight, I'll take a plumb line. I want to check. So, but that has, over time, you know, I can't, people don't rise up to responsibility. They won't. And so I've learned in a very hard way. I've learned in a very hard way because a brother was mentioning about teenagers when you get to do things. You, you have to allow them. So I suffer a lot watching people do things the wrong way. Even the way you are doing mouth. <laughs> so I, I, need, I need help, actually. And so I, I just wait there until I just... And sometimes I actually want to wait, but it's as if I'm waiting for them to get it wrong so that I can pick it. <laughs> and so I. <laughs> Don't worry, we've got the idea as well. Let, let, let let's let stay with that one first. Okay. You, know, you know what you are doing? You are micromanaging. That's what is happening. And it's not a positive thing. Even you are not enjoying it. Yeah, even you are not enjoying it. So change. You have, you have to change it. Yeah. You are not enjoying it because, because that's not how to lead. That's not how to lead. Because you didn't become whatever you are now overnight. And there are people who are putting up with you even at the level you are now. There are some people who are doing whatever you are doing better than you. And they are giving you a chance. If most things in life are not life or death issues. Allow people to make their mistakes. If it's not going to kill them. If, if somebody is going to, your head is going to be cut off now, hand, you should do something extreme. But if it's not so, you know, allow people to make their mistakes so you can correct them. You see, I remember something that happened one day when I was learning to drive. I asked my brother-in-law in whose car I was that I've noticed that sometimes people press clutch before they apply the brake. And sometimes people press the brake before they apply the brake. Which, which is better? I just go to, so you know what he said to me? Do it. Yeah, he just said I should try both. I just said, yeah, since my driver, I do it. So I, I did it. And then, I, okay, I saw that you, if the car didn't stall, if you press the brake, so you could do it. And there are instances where, so just giving me a chance to do it myself, I learned the lesson. You see, this thing I'm saying now, I don't know how long ago. It's so maybe like 40 years ago or something, and I still remember the lesson. Yeah, so allow people. Don't, don't, as a matter of fact, there are many ways to do something. If it's not a toss here, the Lord, your way is not the only way to do something. <laughs> so people will enjoy working with you better if they see that you allow them to do it. If you give them the time frame and this is what you want done, let them do it the way they want to do it. So long as they haven't done something sinful, allow them. Even your wife will enjoy you better like That's that. That's right. Second thing. What's the second thing? I'll tell my wife when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> so the second thing is, I, 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 there, there is a, I, I seem to know what it is, but maybe from your experience, you help me out. When you believe God for something, or you're stepping out in faith for something, you, you give us an instance of while you decided to do that, that business of yours, and then you went out somewhere, and before you could, could even do anything, the money came out before you even acted. Sometimes you believe God for that, and it happens instantly. Some other times, you're believing God, you know, you've heard God very well, and it takes a long time. <laughs> now... Now, I, 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 if you can oblige me, I want to know one of those times, practically, 
where it looks as if, did I do, get, miss something? Did I not get something right? And you wait, this long suffering, you're there. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 35 to 36. Cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might obtain the promise. Yeah, so, so patience is part and parcel of the journey. Yeah, but, but it happened that way. I didn't make it happen. Oh, me? Ah, many experiences in life. There's nobody who's a Christian who has not had to wait. It's not all of us. Don't we all wait? I know every Christian has to wait. Every, every Christian has to wait. It's part and parcel of the journey. Patience is part and parcel. The Bible says those who through faith and patience obtain the promises. Yeah, yeah. Patience is part and parcel of the journey. Oh, yes, you have to wait. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. You know, there's a song like that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, waiting and patience are not the same. You know why? Because if you just wait and you are anxious and you are angry, you are not patient. <laughs> Any other? Okay, someone there. I hope it's not one question leading to another question. <laughs> Well, it's been wonderful being here uh, in the last uh, few days. Again, I want to appreciate the privilege. I want to thank uh, Pastor Tokumbo and uh, the team. Praise the Lord. I want to know, how do I effectively follow up a newly saved person who cannot be a member of my local assembly? Who is not a member of your local assembly? Let's, okay, let's say, for example, you know, you see, okay maybe you, you witness to somebody and the person happens to you know give his life to the lord and the person is not somebody that you can always e- easily reach so how do you follow up such persons it, it depends on what you mean by easily reach you know maybe somebody you meet on a flight somebody you meet where that you won't see again well if you walk you're in the same city you can call the person on the phone same sex as yourself. If it's another sex, it can be troublesome. It can be an issue. Yeah, you know, you, you and as, as much as possible. That's why the local church is still, is still an issue. The earlier somebody can be involved in the local church, where there is consistent follow-up, the better for the person. But if somebody like at work, somebody you can reach, yeah, you can reach the person, use relationship. That's why things in the context of relationship are very good. But if it's just a chance meeting, let's call it a chance meeting. If it's a chance meeting, you need to direct the person elsewhere. You see, those four traditional things we tell people are very important, that they should pray every day, they should read the Bible every day, they should join a local assembly, and they also should tell others about Christ. So if they become part of a local assembly, if it's not somebody you can meet again, hopefully if you use prayer to support it, the person will get involved and be discipled you know, that way. But somebody that you have access to, of course you can continue uh, with the person. I thought there was another hand. Thank you, sir. Uh, firstly, I, I want to appreciate you for the emphasis on the word. I want to appreciate Pastor Toksoda and Rema, Nigeria. Uh, the audience we have now, the new generation, is a generation that questions you even when you say, Toss it, the Lord. They ask you, Why did God say so? It's true. Maybe they've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> the Toss it, level people say, You are not really God saying. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, uh, I'm of the opinion that we should get more and more and more acquainted with the world to answer more questions. Yeah. To answer more questions. Because the answers are in the Bible, believe in me. The Bible. Thank you, sir. Earlier you said you don't want it to be of head knowledge, of scripture. Our emphasis should be more. more but do you know what you are saying now is in the Bible? That if your children ask you in days to come and they say, Why you didn't do and so and so, you tell them when the Lord led them out of Egypt. So, yeah, so even the Bible encourages children to ask questions of their parents. The average Jewish family is like that. Go and read the book Jewish Connection. You see that that's part of what, you know, people think uh, the Jews that they just, do, no, no, they are raised to question things. The question, the Bible question, is, is other religions that say, if you don't do what we say, we cut off your head. God says, come, let us reason together. So, looks like we have come to the end of my session. Uh, like I said, it's been nice being here. And, uh, thank you very much. So, make sure we meet in heaven at the ripe old age Jesus Harris is coming yeah. uh, is it okay for Pastor Tony to pray for us please please, please can Pastor Tony come and pray for us please thank you okay Heavenly Father we want to thank you for the opportunity of sitting down at your feet to learn your word we thank you for your servant the vessel you have used to bless us these past three days. We are grateful. We thank you for spirit of wisdom and revelation. And we thank you for the heart to learn. And we thank you because these words are multiplied in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. My father, I ask concerning everybody present here. That they will operate in the center of God's will. Every one of us will be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing, involved with the right people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We will not do ministry by struggle. We will not sweat. We will not break down in the mighty name of Jesus. May oil of ease, oil of ease come upon everyone. As we see each other, it shall be testimonies of victories after another victory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The next time Reverend Colady comes our way, it will be bigger, it will be greater in every way. Wiser, more knowledge, more anointed, more prosperous in the name of Jesus. And the next time he sees us, the same thing happens for us in the name of Jesus. Because the path of the just shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. That is his testimony. That is our testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for Pastor Tooks. Thank you for keeping me in good health. Thank you because that we are committed to his hand prospers immensely. In the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise our Heavenly Father. We thank you for our nation Nigeria. Because there shall be a turnaround. In our lifetime. And your name will be glorified. Thank you Father. We give you praise Lord. In Jesus mighty name we are prayed. And as we go forth, Father, we pray the blood of Jesus over our lives. No evil occurrence, no evil accident. We thank you, Lord God, because it's good news all the way. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.
Let's just give them a good, 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 good hand clap of thank you. Thank you, sirs. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. Let's keep. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Let's please be seated. I trust we've been blessed and we've been impacted. Well, um, uh, I heard that. I heard I, um, that some people asked how they could give. They wanted to give to him directly. And thank God for those who have. That's happened, right? Just to say a big, big thank you to you. While I was with him in the green room, he told me, he said, well, uh, I don't want to take any honorarium from Rayma for whatever you guys are going to give me. Rayma has blessed me. Kenneth Higgins Ministries, he said, has impacted him and he whatever Rayma was going to give him as any honorarium he just wants to sew it back as his own gift to Rayma too so i said oh what if someone wants to we, some people just want to be a blessing to you sir you know and almost had to i'm um, twist him to then he said okay if anybody wants to do that he doesn't know that any of that happened so just to say big thank you to everyone who's done something we appreciate you greatly thank you so much thank you so much and we know that the word of god says that some uh, uh, that um, god will honor those who honor him one of the ways we honor god is by honoring his servants and the bible talks about um, that he who is taught to communicate to him that teacheth in every good thing that's quite some years of experience didn't you don't you agree with me a lot of wisdom that we heard a lot of maturity uh, uh, in those words and our lives are impacted. The greatest thank you we can say to God and to him is go do ministry effectively. Be a successful minister. Make full proof of your ministry. Have fruit to God's kingdom and be a greater blessing. Amen. To many more lives to the glory of God. I don't know if the campus coordinator has any announcements praise god have a lovely night's rest thank you our alumni if you're an alumnus and you're here you're a rhema alumnus please be on your feet you're an alumnus please be on your feet amen wow let's give them a good 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 those are our senior brothers our senior sisters and they've gone ahead where you're going and amen praise god have a good night's rest. Amen. Praise God. Well, what if we let them go out first? Just to honor them. Is that a bad idea? Yeah, let's, let's honor them. Let's honor them. Amen. Let's honor them.